We celebrate you. Welcome to Lofty Heights Christian Center, a ministry that exists to raise kingdom influencers. As a church, we emphasize three things. The Word, the integrity of it and its ability to transform, the Holy Spirit, His power and demonstration of the same, and love, love for God, for yourself, and for others. You are about to experience God's undiluted Word from God's servant, Pastor Wali Tejumade. Get ready for a transformation. It is one thing for a man to have a vision, it's for yet another thing for the man to be able to live his vision or a vision. Vision killers abound. Many people who are not living their visions, not because they do not have a vision, but because there are vision killers everywhere, all around them. Every vision, listen to this very carefully, kingdom influencers, every vision is a living organism. Every vision is a living organism, meaning that it can live and it can die. Every vision has the capacity to live that godly vision. Every godly vision has the capacity to live and it has the capacity to die. And it is also very important for us, you know, to begin to, to view vision in such manners. Visions can be killed by people. And vision can also be self-destruct. I mean, those who surround you, those that you know, can kill your vision. And at the same time, you may kill your vision yourself. In respect to people killing the visions, you'd always have two categories of people. You'd have the vision promoters and the vision haters. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. I don't know about you. But I've been there multiple times where an idea drops in my spirit or I caught vision from the Lord. And I run to someone, you know, to tell them what vision I had and what my plans were. And what came out of their mouth was exactly not what I was expecting. I would have been expecting them, you know, to encourage me and to guide me and to tell me, you know, the possibility of the vision that I have. But sometimes these people end up killing the vision, you know, as, 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 as little as the vision may be. Hallelujah, glory to God. This is very akin, you know, to someone, you know, aborting a dream, aborting a destiny. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. So knowing what vision is, is good. Knowing how to launch a vision is fantastic. All of all those things are extremely very important. But if you indeed and truly want to learn or want to be able to live a life of vision, she must be very weary of vision killers. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So this moment, I'm just going to run you through five categories of these people that the Spirit of the Lord has helped me, you know, to come up with as we wrap up this teaching series. Number one of the vision killers is the envy people or what you may just want to call envy. You may just want to write envy. Envy people. This usually, you know, it's usually the very first part of call. Those who fall into this particular category of, 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 of vision killers, they are often the very first set of people we open up to. They are the people you would be expecting that they would give you a pat on the back. They'll tell you how lofty, you know, their, your vision is. 
But rather than say those things to you, they, were, they are the ones killing your vibes. They will be the one to open up and open your eyes to seeing your, 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 your shortcomings, you know, letting you understand why you're not fit, you know, for the vision that you just saw. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Don't forget that during the course of the teaching series, I've also always said that perhaps as we're talking about vision, you're always thinking, oh, I do not have a vision. I'm not starting a business. I do not have a vision for my career. Think about vision from the perspective of your life. Think about this from the perspective of your life. Specifically speaking, in Genesis chapter number 37, verses 5 to 8 that we read. Genesis 37, 5 to 8. Genesis 37, 5 to 8. Can I have that on the screen from 5? Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Genesis chapter number 37, 5 to 8. Bible says, now Joseph had a dream. Another word for that dream that he had, you know, was a vision. Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers. Bible says, and they hated him even more. Verse 6 now. So he said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. He went to his brother to open up to them on the vision he had. Verse 7. They, there we were binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaf stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. Look at verse number 8 now. Take a look at 8. Bible says, and his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? That envy right there. Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So the question was not that he had a vision or he had a dream. The, 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 the worry was the fact that why you? You are the least among all of us. Who are you to be the one, you know, having this vision or having this dream? Bible says, so they hated him even more for his dreams. They hated him even more for his dreams. See, I love this other part. It says, and for his words. So, they didn't hate him just for his dreams. They also hated him. Glory to Jesus. They also hated him because of his words. You know what that simply means? They hated him because of the way he was telling them, sharing the vision. Glory to God. They hated him for the way he was. So, I, I mean, Joseph being who, Joseph Bible described him, you know, as the child, you know, with the robe of many colors. So, he perhaps, you know, maybe he was speaking too eloquently. He was, you know, just expressing himself and just telling them, you know, very beautiful thing about the dreams. And the way he was doing it, he was sharing these things. It seemed to them as though he was flaunting it in the face. Bible says they hated him for his dreams. And even for his words. So not just for the dreams this time around, they also hated him because of the way he was sharing it with them. Vision killers. I don't know how many of you have been here before. I've been there. Let me give you very, very, you know, um, you know, personal example. When this ministry was to start, and the Lord spoke to me concerning lofty height. The very first person whose house I ran to after I was done fasting and praying and seeking God's face, as a matter of fact, maybe the seventh or tenth of my fasting and prayer, the very first person whose house I ran into almost killed this vision 
of this church that you now belong in. Because he had been in the country way before me. He didn't, you know, he, he wouldn't make sense. You, this guy, he just came you barely one year ago. And you're now saying God spoke to you. It was later on I got to know that he'd been trying to establish a ministry long before I came here. I stand before God and I kid you not. That particular day, I left his house and I began to then beat myself. Why did I go in there? If you're a person of vision, someone whom the Lord is always speaking to, many times when you receive an idea or the Lord's giving you a vision concerning a thing, you will be born in to look for someone to just share it with. So I understand exactly what Joseph, you know, felt here. He didn't see his vision the way, you know, his brother saw them. The brothers were seeing it, you know, in the form of, oh, you want to lord yourself over us. You want to be this, you want to be that. He didn't see it that way. If he knew sharing his vision with them, the dream he had with them, would lead to his destruction, he perhaps would have kept his mouth shut. Vision killers. As far as this ministry is concerned, then, it was too, it was, it was too, too open to be ignored. It was so bad. I mean, you all know I travel to Nigeria every January. I travel to Nigeria and counting on this person, you know, to just open up. I shared in October. November, December, January, February, March, April 1st was when this ministry held a very first Sunday service. There was no word from this person concerning that which the Lord has spoken to me that I ran to his house to go share. Vision killers. Glory to Jesus. Some of them, they won't tell you up front. This category of people won't tell you up front, but you'd be able to read it. You see, this category of vision killers, the envious people, uh, they are usually friends and associates. Sometimes, this envious person may be the one you're calling mentor. Glory to Jesus. We saw this also play out in the life of Jacob and Laban. We saw this between Rachel and Leah, Cain and Abel, Esau and Jacob. Envy has become, you know, the natural cause of man for the natural man. Now, let me put a caveat. It is not a crime for God to visit your friend, huh? then for you to say, Lord, you did it for this person. Please do mine. Now that's fine. You know that you are operating in the flesh when you begin to query God and question God why God visited that person and not you. Because in your own thinking and understanding, you are better than them. So you, why peace? But, but why she's not beautiful. But why, why, why peace? She cannot even speak well. She doesn't even have the qualification that I have. See, there is something called election of grace. God is not fear. God is just. Mm. Well, let's take that too, 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 too deep and make it too far. He chooses to whom he wills his power. He chooses to whom, you know, he, he makes things available for. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He will be the one who will take a child or someone away, you know, from the dungeon and set him up, you know, amidst princes. 
If it were by, you know, natural or biological configuration and upbringing and what have you, me standing before you right now should not be me. Grace found me. You don't query or question grace upon someone's life. When the Lord visits your neighbor, it simply means he's already in your neighborhood. And all you need to do is just to begin to rejoice. You need the car, for example, and you hear testimonies of people, you know, being blessed with vehicles, rather than you wishing that, you know, their car is going to skid off the road and wishing that, you know, the police would just, they would drive them roughly and, you know, the police would arrest them and impound their car. Just pray. God of laws, who bless laws with the car, please visit me. Glory to Jesus. By the Spirit of the Lord, I've also come up with, you know, things that you need to do in dealing with each category of people. I'm going to five. I'd say this is the number one. So, these envious people, what do you do with them? How do you handle them? Be weary of them and give them space. They are vision killers. Be weary, especially if your vision are is from above and you are certain that you heard God correctly you are certain that that which God laid in your heart you know he actually desires you know that yes you should get it done what to do with that be weary of them give his peace you know, I, I've always told you all I don't, I don't you know accommodate negative energies around me oh Give them space. Give them space. Number two, vision killers. Number two, ignorance. The ignorant, ignorant people. Ignore, is it ignoramus they call it? Hallelujah. Ignorance. Ignorance. There are people uh, who may kill your dream. Not because they are envious of you. My darling, they're just ignorant. I'm hoping, I'm praying that this teaching blesses someone's life this morning. Ignorance. So some people would rubbish and run down your vision. Not because they do not believe in you. But they are just ignorant about it. They just don't know better. You know what? They will tell you why you cannot succeed. They will tell you why that thing cannot be done. Ignorance. Ignorance. They don't envy you. They don't wish you bad. But they will stand against that which you have in your mind simply because they're very myopic. Fundamentally speaking, church, this was what Jesus suffered on the face of the earth. I taught us repeatedly as a church that the only challenge Jesus had on earth which didn't allow him or make it possible for the people to receive him like they should have received him was simply because they did not know that he was a Messiah. They were praying to the Father to send the Messiah. Yet they didn't know that the Messiah had come to them, you know, in the flesh. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. We saw this in John chapter number 1, 45 to 46. Let's see. John chapter number 1 verses 45 to 6. 
45 to 46. Bible says, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophet wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Hallelujah. Verse 46. And Nathanael said to him, that's to Philip, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Then Philip said, Come and see. As far as Nathaniel, you know, was concerned, Nazareth was a run-down town, run-down city. Nothing good can ever come out of it. I still taught, you know, in recharge of recent, you know, about 2 Corinthians 5, 16. Now, therefore, we know no man after the flesh. Because Jesus, we once viewed Jesus, you know, after the flesh, and we missed it because we did not know that he was the Messiah. So God's dropped an idea in your heart, for example, and somebody will then say to you, will give you reasons why that idea, you know, cannot see the light of the day. Why? Because of your background. You know, you know in our house, nobody has ever done this. You can't do this and, and succeed. Ignorance. Ignorance. This was Jesus' main issue. That was why in, in, in the book of Acts, in the book of Acts chapter number 2 from verse number 7, after Peter and John, you know, as Peter and John rather were speaking to the people, that was why they could shout and say, okay, so at this point tell us, what shall we do to be saved? The Bible says they were caught to the heart. You know one of the reasons? The Messiah they earnestly expect, craving his presence for, he was with them and they did not know. That he was with them. Paul speaking to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse 8. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Therefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love to him. Hallelujah. Ignorance. Ignorance. Bible says, if they had known, they wouldn't have crucified. The king of glory. They did not know ignorance. So that vision in your heart. You'd meet people. Who cannot reason on the same pedestal. Same level with you. They cannot see it. Ignorance. People will justify their ignorance. By certain metrics. One of them will be things around. Nobody has done it before. One of them may be, why should it be you? So what do you do to this set of vision killers, the ignorant ones? What do you do? You need to educate them. Enlighten them. Tell them what the vision is about. They just don't know. This is the part where you, as the visionaire, where you are able to communicate the vision. Educate them, enlighten them, provided you are certain that they are not envious. See, the envious people, the first category I shared with you, they are not ignorant. It's just jealousy on their part. They're just being envious. But you see, these ignorant people, 
They're not envious of you. They're not threatened, you know, by whatever thing God wants to use you to do. They just don't know better. So what do you do with them again? Educate them. Enlighten them. Tell them what your vision is about. And the third category of people. The third category of people. This one is quite deep and pay attention. This one, I call them genuine concerns. What you may want to call genuine concerns. Genuine concerns. They are not envious. Hmm? They are not ignorant. They are just so deeply in love with you and they are so genuinely concerned about you. These are those who love you so deeply and the reason why they are concerned is actually because of their love for you. Not because they are envious. Not because they hate you. Not because they are ignorant. For example, you go today, for example, and say to your mom that you want to become, you know, a pilot. I, I, I want to believe she would have a way to say to her. My darling, yeah, that's a very beautiful career path. But why not also consider, you know, doing this one? They are genuinely concerned about you. Genuinely concerned about you. They are not envious. They are not hateful. They are not ignorant. They are just genuinely concerned about you. Glory to God. For example, in the year 2009, the year 2009, I'd enrolled for um, my Bible school then, that Word of Faith Bible Institute, Wolfby, you know, um, led by Bishop David Oyedepo. And I'd, my father was still alive at this point. I, I went to his house. So I, I went to his house after one of our sessions or so. Then he was asking me, we were just talking about life and all of that. Then I told him that I was just coming from Bible school. You know, and he was alarmed. He wanted me to serve God. He wanted me to preach the gospel. But he didn't want me to be a pastor. I'm telling you. So my father said to me, Ah, Bible school? I said, Yes. He said, Why? I said, No, he said, Do you want to start a church? I said, No. And truly, no church in mind. I said, No. He said, So why are you doing that? I said, Well, I just felt that I just wanted to understand scriptures better, just wanted to, you know, take my faith to the Lord, you know, deeper and all of that. My father then said to me, hmm, Think about it all if you want to be a pastor. Because in their church, <laughs> pastors are paid from tithes and offerings. And pastors, they live in mission house. Pastors live off seeds huh, from members. Pastor, they don't pay pastor salaries. They give them allowance. My father was just being genuinely concerned about me because he doesn't want his son, you know, not to have so much. He wanted me rich. They don't, pastors, then, don't have fleet of properties because you, you don't do other businesses. It's the ministry that you'd be doing. Just be praying for people, counseling them. And the one that will lambast you will lambast you. The one that will call you names will call you names. They will go, they will come. Genuine concerns. You see, you must be very discerning as you continue to pursue in your vision where each category of person that surrounds you, where they stand. 
you say you want to become a doctor and your dad says why a doctor why not just become an accountant not because he doesn't want you to become a doctor it's just the need for a better life because they perhaps also have had you know a vision in their mind you know of what they desire that you should be genuine concerns glory to jesus for example in the book of act when agabus prophesied concerning paul and bible says agabus picked the belt said who owns this belt they said it belongs to paul so okay say he bound the um, the, the belt and he said the way this belt is being bound right now that is the way the owner of this belt is going to be bound bible says then they began to prevail on paul say please ah don't go if you go agabus has spoken or is the servant of the most high the way he said it it is the way it would happen bible says paul looked at them and said uh -uh, you're what's going on with you why are you why are you weeping and begging me not to go i'd rather go for the sake of the gospel Agabus presented the revelation he had based on genuine concerns. If you are not careful, you will make people um, who have genuine concerns concerning your vision, you will turn them into your enemies. You will turn them into envious people, and they are not. Glory to God. I hope somebody's getting blessed. Come and celebrate Jesus. Come and celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. I remember also when I was coming to Canada, a friend sent me, I think it was on, yes, BBM in those days, sent me a message on BBM. Hey, Teju, I heard that you are relocating abroad. Ah, go and think twice about it all. Because in that place, ah, some of us who had lived there, we, we came back home. Things are not the way things are. Say, you are very fine here. You have a thriving business. Your brand is this. Your brand is that. Say, why not consider staying here? But I knew it was just being genuinely concerned about my desire to leave my father's land and go into a land where I knew no bird. Genuine concerns. Number four. I hope somebody's getting blessed. Okay, let me tell you what you do, you know, with this number three set of people. This number three set of people, I haven't said to you what you do with them. What you do with those who are genuinely concerned about your vision, love them and ponder over their concerns. Don't wave it off. Go, go, go think about it yet again. Love them. Because it, 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 it takes a depth of love they have for you for them to be able to have expressed themselves, you know, the way they express themselves to you. Love them. Love them. And ponder over those things they told you. If your parents say, for example, why not leave this course and do this course? Don't just throw it off. Don't just say, no, leave me alone. I'm a man, I'm a woman. I'm of age, I know what I'm doing. When you're alone, go ponder over it. For example, you brought someone, you know, to your pastor and you say you want to marry. Me, as your pastor, by matter of personal principle, I will not tell you don't marry this person. But I mean, I'll present all the facts unto you, maybe via counseling or whatever. And except you are blind, of course, and I'll pray that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. And you will truly know that this thing actually perhaps should not be. But there have also been instances where I stood my ground 
based on what God has told me concerning certain relationships. I said, no, this is demonic. As a matter of fact, satanic. And this shouldn't head anywhere. You will notice when such a relationship is, you know, you know, instead of building others up, it's cursing others' pains, wrecking havoc in people's lives. So love them and ponder over their concerns. When your mom says, huh, you think Toro is good for you? Are you sure that is what you want? Don't dismiss it. Go think about it yet again. Number four, vision killers. Satanic agents. This is where, you know, where I come from, they'd say, oh, deep gone. This is the old deep gone part. Satanic agents. Satanic agents. See, let me tell you something about this category of people. Listen, these ones, they are pure stumbling block on your path to fulfilling a vision. They are not envious. They are not genuinely concerned. Huh? And they are not what? They are not ignorant. They are just a son and a daughter, agent of darkness, you know, placed on your way. And let me tell you, it doesn't matter if the vision is from above, you would see some of these people in manifestation. In fact, if they fold their arms and they do nothing to challenge the validity of your vision or your dream, you may want to go and ask God if truly that vision is of God. Because if truly if it is of God, because of the glory that lays ahead of that vision, they will rise. They will contend. Satanic agents. Satanic agents. A boss who picks on you arbitrarily in your workplace and will not approve your promotion is a vision killer. Someone who has the power to approve a file concerning you huh? and chooses not to do it. Yeah, vision killers. He's not envious. No, not envy. They just don't want you to progress in life. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, this ministry has moved from one hotel to another and all of that. I'll tell you for a fact. I've dealt with a number of satanic agents. You know, in 2 Samuel chapter number 7, 9 to 10, you know, um, Prophet Samuel, Bible was saying, saying to us, I would appoint a place for my people Israel, a place of theirs, where they will not move again, and the sons of wickedness will no longer afflict them. You know what's those sons of wickedness? Satanic agents. See, this is it on the screen. God bless you. He says, moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and we plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own. He says, and move no more, nor shall the sons of wickedness oppress them as previously. So when you have someone, see, let me tell you something about this satanic agent so that you have, you know, better perspective. You see, the thing about them is that they are usually in positions of authority. And they use their positions to your disadvantage. Or they attempt to use their positions to your disadvantage. A professor who says, except you sleep with me, you will not graduate. is a satanic agent. Glory to God. Like I said, these ones are not envious. 
They are not ignorant, and of course, neither are they genuinely concerned about you. They're just being wicked. See, and most times, they know it, and they want you to know it too. As a matter of fact, most times, they derive pleasure in their wickedness against you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I stand upon this altar this afternoon and I place a curse over every satanic agent troubling your destiny in the name of Jesus. Anyone born of man, born of woman, anyone born of woman who is bent on frustrating your business, bent on frustrating your marital destiny, who is bent on frustrating your health, let heaven deal with them. In the name of Jesus. In Daniel chapter number 10, 12 to 13. Daniel chapter number 10, 12 to 13. We read in there concerning the prince of Persia. Bible says, then he said to me, do not fear Daniel. This was the angel speaking to Daniel. He says, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and have come because of your words. Look at the next verse. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. How many days? 21 days. That's a vision killer. Every force preventing the helpers of your destiny from helping you, I curse them. Every force preventing, discouraging the helpers of your destiny to show up, I declare them cursed. In the mighty name of Jesus. Listen. Since many of us in this ministry, you know, are young adults and young professionals, young families, someone of the opposite sex can be a satanic agent. Someone of opposite sex can be a satanic agent. Delilah and Samson is a perfect example here. Judges chapter number 16, 1 to 20. Judges chapter number 16, verses 1 to 20. Many of you under the sound of my voice who are easily swayed by sexual lust and immorality. Many of you are dealing with vision killers. You need to wake up. I taught us as a ministry, sex, sexual intimacy, it is spiritual. For you, you're just having fun. No, I don't want you to have fun away and, you know, fun away your, your destiny. I know what I'm talking about. Sex is spiritual, much more than emotional. Every little thing, you're always moving from point one, point, point A, point B. You see anything in spirit, prom. You see any guy tall, prom. Watch it. You know, I mean, you know, I bought your destiny. In the name of Jesus. This is very clear between Samson and Delilah. Take a look at Judges chapter number 16 from verse number 1 now. Now Samson went to Gaza and saw, who did he see there? A harlot. A prostitute. That's who a harlot is. Now Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there and went into her. You know what it means went into her? When the Gazites were told, Samson has come here, they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the gate of the city. They were quiet all night saying, in the morning, when it is daylight, we will kill him. 
These were people who had meant harm, you know, against his destiny, against his vision. But you know what they did? They knew he had weakness, you know, for women, the opposite sex. And they picked Delilah and set Delilah against him. Verse 4 says, Afterward, it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the Lord of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, Entice him and find out where his great strength lies. And by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to afflict him. And every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. I pray may you not sleep, you know, with agents of darkness, with agents of the devil. In the mighty name of Jesus. I'm not just talking about ladies. I'm also talking about men. Vision killers. Vision killers. You know, I say this all the time. As a church, I've taught us. Three things would destroy a man's destiny and taint a man forever. Number one, sexual immorality. Number two, what's number two? Crave for power. What's number three? Number three, greed, covetousness. If this three does not kill a man, nothing else will take a man off his vision. Sex, money, and power. Go study the scripture. These were the same tests Jesus faced on earth. Matthew chapter number four. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life. That's why you need to consistently pray that the Lord should give you the capacity to stand. Sex, money, power. If any of these three don't kill you, nothing else would kill you. Listen to me very carefully. Go check records of men of means and status who've been pulled down. They were pulled down as a result of one of these three or combination of the three. I don't have time, you know, to read Delilah and Samson's story to you because of want of time. Bible says three different times. Three different times Delilah would ask him, tell me, maybe when he's, she's rubbing her, his head, tell me now, where does the strength of your power lie? Then he would say something to her. Now, I was also wondering how foolish Samson was. Because you told her the first time, huh? She then called the Philistines and asked them to come, you know, and destroy you. But God rescued you. Then she told you again the second time. She asked you again the second time. You told her. The third time, you told her. Bible says there was something I saw here that really humbled me. This is, this is a very deep one. See, let's read from verse number 18. From verse number 18. John, Judges chapter number 16 from verse number 18. Bible says, when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the Lord of the Philistines saying, come up once more, for he has told me all his heart. So the Lord of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hand. They were about to exchange his destiny, his vision, you know, for money. Verse 19, then she lulled him to sleep on her knees. You know, you know what that means? You know how you pet a baby to sleep on her knees? Just sleep on my thigh. Maybe they are also yellow. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees. Somebody say, praise God. Come on, I'm not hearing you. Can you say, praise God? Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him and, and strength left him. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. Look at bed. He did not know that the Lord had departed from him. The Lord gave him grace, graces, three different times with the same person. See, sin is pleasurable. The Bible says so. Bible says that Moses, you know, rather than you know enjoy the the the, the you know the the the, um, the 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 blessings of the palace, being Pharaoh's, you know, this thing. Bible says he chose rather than enjoy the pleasure of sin, he chose to suffer affliction with the children of Israel. Be wise, <laughs> be discerning. I'm recommending this book of Judges, chapter number sixteen, to every one of you under the sound of my voice right now. You get back home, go watch and go listen. Bible says he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. May we not take God's grace for granted. Come on, say, may we not take God's grace for granted. In the name of Jesus, opposite sex. Pharaoh, who stood against the children of Israel, he was a pure satanic agent. Many of you have bosses and, 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 and supervisors at work who were agents of darkness. Have you wondered why people see you and they just don't like you? It's not their fault. They're not envious. If they have the means to flush you out of that office, they will. May the Lord not give the power over your destiny unto your enemies. You guys didn't hear me. I said, may the Lord not give power of your destiny to your enemies. In the mighty name of Jesus. And like I said, these people are often in positions of authority. So what do you do to these people? What do you do, you know, to satanic agents? You pray against them. Don't confer with them. Don't confer with them. Don't seek, don't seek explanations from them. If they've made themselves open to you, that they are just bent, you know, on destroying your life. You've done everything you could to please them. But the more you try, the more they find reasons to tell you you're not good enough. They're satanic agents. Don't confer with them. Deal with them on your knees. On your knees. Deal with them. And let the God that you serve, let him arise and fight for you. Deal with them. Exodus chapter number 22 verse 18. Bible says, suffer not the sorcerer to live, oh. So far, you don't pity them because they have no pity for your own destiny. Satanic agents. Pray against them. Deal with them on your knees. Hallelujah. Number five, the last but not the least. Vision killers. How somebody is getting blessed. Number five, self-destruction. Sometimes, it is not people, your, the vision killer your, your, of your own vision, you know, may not be the envious people, may not be ignorant people, may not be people who are genuinely concerned. They may not even be satanic agents. Sometimes you are the architect of your own destruction. Let's face it. 
Sometimes you are the architect of your own destruction. Self-destruct. E.g., this happens when a man's attitude and actions become his undoing. When a man's attitudes and actions, when they become his undoing, he has self-destruct himself. May you not self-destruct. Now, you didn't hear me? May you not self-destruct in the name of Jesus. So, what are some of this self-destruction? Laziness. 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 Proverbs chapter number 6, 6 to 11. This is a scripture I've read with us countless times. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her, her ways, and be wise. Verse 7. Which, having no captain, overseer, or ruler, what does he do? He provides a supplies in the summer and gathers a food in the harvest. Nine. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? Another word for the sluggard there is lazy. When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. 11. So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Every day you wake up, there is no, there is no direction, there is no focus, there is nothing to do. All you do is just to sleep. Wake up! Don't sleep away your destiny. Wake up. Have plans for your life. Have plans for your life. Live your life on purpose. Live intentionally. Are you a student? Have a timetable. Are you a business person? Have strategic plans. Read books. Read books. Glory to God. Read books. Do something to make your life better. Every day of your life, make sure you are engaged in an action that would lead you a step closer to the actualization of your vision. Did you hear me? Every day of your life, make sure you take an action that will lead you a step closer to the actualization of your vision. So if your own, you are the one self-destructing yourself, what is the panacea? What is the way out? Invest in personal development and take responsibility for your life. Invest in personal development and take responsibility for your life. Listen, don't expect the devil to fold his arms on any God-given vision. That God gave it to you does not mean you're just going to have a small sale. You know how much the devil is trying over this ministry? You know how much he really tried when we started? Raising up members against members? The spirit of envy, of jealousy, of backbiting? You know how much? And more will still come. It's not a curse. But you know what? God is faithful. And God, who's been giving us victory, would always give us victory. It's your responsibility to decipher these vision killers and deal with each one of them according to what category they fall into. Don't call those who have genuine concerns for you. Don't make them satanic agents. And if you're self-destructing yourself, don't say it's people that are envious for you. To thine own self, be true. Rise up on your feet this day. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh my soul. Worship His holy name. Come on, sing it, church. 
Sing like never before, oh my soul. I worship, I worship your holy name. Lofty Heights, we don't like bringing our services to a close without giving someone an opportunity to have a relationship with the Lord. So you're under the sound of my voice. You've not accepted the Lordship of Jesus. All eyes closed and all eyes bowed. Would you please say these prayers after me? Dear Father, I thank you for your word that has gone forth to me this morning. I repent of my sins. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. I believe you died and I believe you rose again. Please save me. Make me yours forever. Fill me with your spirit and saturate my heart with your love. In Jesus' name. We trust God that this ministration blessed your life tremendously. Do share your testimony and experience with us by emailing us at hello at myloftyheightsglobal.org. For more life-transforming messages from our ministry, please visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also stay connected with us across our social media platforms at My Lofty Heights. To give to our ministry, please visit our website. We love you, we honor you, and we celebrate you.